Hello and welcome. My name is Alice and this is the Backtracker History Show podcast, where I ask you to join me on a meander down through the archives to find out more about the people, places and events from the past. Most of these podcasts have been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. And one of the great things about this podcast is that I can go into more detail about each story because there are no time constraints. And it's really easy to show your support just by spreading the word, leaving reviews and sharing with all your family and friends. It really does help. If you want to get in touch with me with show ideas, comments or information, you can via Twitter or Facebook by using at UK the capital B, capital T and a capital UK or emailing me at info at backtracker.co.uk Now, on with the show. Today is your lucky day as your ears are being treated to a Backtracker History Show podcast exclusive. This episode is me saying thank you to you, yes you, for your support, for listening to my shows and helping me get to over a thousand downloads. I've been blown away by the support I've had from you guys and the friends I've made in the process, so I thought I'd say thank you in the only way I know how. So here you have an extra story. First of all, let's set the scene as we're travelling back to 1814. One of the main events of that year was the War of the Sixth Coalition, sometimes known in Germany as the War of Liberation, a coalition of Austria, Prussia and Russia, the United Kingdom, Portugal, Sweden and Spain, and a number of German states, defeated France and drove Napoleon into exile on Elba. After the disastrous French invasion of Russia of 1812, in which they were forced to support France, Prussia and Austria joined Russia, the United Kingdom, Sweden, Portugal and the rebels in Spain, who were already at war with France. The War of the Sixth Coalition saw major battles and was the largest battle in European history before World War I. On September 13th, the British bombard Fort McHenry at Baltimore. Their failure at the Battle of Baltimore is a turning point in the war and the American defence of the fort inspires Francis Scott Key to compose the poem The Star-Spangled Banner, which was later set to music. On October the 17th, a large vat full of porter beer owned by Mo Bury of London bursts, demolishing buildings and killing eight people. It was known as the London Beer Flood. Our story takes place in Loswithiel, a small town in Cornwall, England, at the head of the estuary of the River Foy. The origin of the name Loswithiel has been a subject of much debate over the years. In the 16th century, it was thought that the name came from the Roman name, Azella, translated as Lethusio in Cornish. In the 17th century, 
popular opinion was that the name came from the translation of Lost, a tail, and Withior, a lion. The lion in question being the lord who lived in the castle. Current thinking is that the name comes from the old Cornish Losgithiol, meaning tail end of the woodland. The view from Rostolmore Castle, looking towards the town, shows how this may have come to be. Loswithio is a historical gem within the county of Cornwall, being a planted town and former capital of the Earls of Cornwall. Its street pattern, distinctive church, medieval bridge, the remains of the unique Great Hall of Loswithio, or Duchy Palace as it was more usually known, are renowned, and the town also possesses many good quality post-medieval buildings. The town may also be considered rather underrated, as current road system encourages visitors to simply pass on by and go further west. Mr. William Lean recalled his memories of living in Loswithall in an interview in August 1926. At the time, he was already 80 years old and had just moved to Bridgend. He had a good memory and could remember the growth of the place. He remembered when the ground where the GWR station was used to be a moor and cattle used to browse there. At that time, Mr Lean was a postman and he used to work from early morning until late at night delivering the mail. His pay was 13 shillings a week, which was increased after five years by a further shilling. Now, Mr Lean had been the postman at Lord's Withiel for over 34 years and when asked about ancient customs of the borough, he told of many funny incidents connected to the rights of beating the bounds. Whilst reminiscing about how lovely the times used to be years ago, he described how innocent onlookers were often pounced upon by the beaters and thrown into the river, and when they managed to scramble out, they were offered copious amounts of rum or beer, whichever they fancied. There was no discrimination in social standing, and slackers were often taken bodily out of the inns and baptised, and in some cases, houses were broken into and the occupants forced into the water. And sometimes, even the two constables had to suffer the same indignity as the rest. Mr Lean had acquired several valuable antiques over the years, and one of these was the original staff of office that was actually used by the victim in today's story, the town sergeant who was murdered in Los Withiel in 1814. The murdered town sergeant was Joseph Burnett, and it was a late grandson of his, of the same name, who was a great friend of Mr Lean's. Laws with your marriage records state that Joseph Burnett married Grace Hodge on April 21st, 1794, 20 years prior to his death. Mr Lean's friend handed him copies of a printed account of the crime and trial. A brief summary of these may prove of interest to you guys. The trial took place at Launceston, Lent Assizes, before Baron Graham, with John Sims and another soldier, Richard Rogers, aged 26, both charged with the willful murder of Joseph Burnett. They had been on their way with two other privates from Pendennis Castle to embark for America, 
of the 28th Regiment, but they lagged behind at Loswithiel, where the two accused got mindlessly drunk. The Loswithiel Constable William Hicks said that the two prisoners came to his house between 1 and 2 p.m., asking for a cart to take them on their way. He politely told them that they couldn't have a cart and that they had no right to one, and asked why didn't they go on with their own baggage cart. He didn't get a reply. He then asked the soldiers who would pay for the cart, to which they replied that the government would. Hicks told them that, as old soldiers, they should know better. Their own officers had to pay for their baggage carts. Sim said he was not drunk, did not want a cart for himself, and would not be seen to ride in one. They left the house, which was in the middle of Market Street. Ten minutes later, the prisoners returned to his house, and once again, they asked for a cart to take them to Liscard. Once again, Hicks politely told them, no, not unless they paid up front. Sims asked what the price was and was told that it was 12 shillings. He then told Rogers to pay the man for the cart and they asked for it to be brought to them. Hicks refused until he saw the money and Rogers said, I'll be buggered if I do, and walked off. Sims appeared sober at this point and Rogers drunk. James Netherton, who lived opposite Mr Hicks in Loswithiel, remembered seeing the prisoners at the bar, then in Market Street. He saw them speaking to Mr Hicks as he was sitting on the opposite side of the street by his window. Netherton continued to watch the men and hear Sims declare that he would have the blood of some person before he left the town. He had a musket in his hand to which he'd fixed the bayonet. Sims then asked Rogers to load his gun too, saying that some of the Cornish were going to be murdered. There were many people around at the time, mainly boys and young men, who weren't being hostile at all. Rogers did try to load his gun, but was too drunk, so Sims had to help him. They then started pointing their loaded guns at various people in the streets. That was when Mr Joseph Burnett, the sergeant of the borough of Loswithiel, came out of his house on 4th Street, and the prisoners were at the bottom of that street when they turned round and pointed their guns at him. He had on his official laced hat, which is the usual dress of town sergeants. Netherton then went on to say that he saw Burnett walk down towards the prisoners, but they were then out of his sight for a bit, so he ran down in their direction. James Dewin, the local militia and a forebear of Mr Lean's, was his mother's house at the time. She kept the pub on 4th Street. And he said that he tried to get Sims to unload his gun, but the latter refused. When Burnett caught up to them, he told Sims that as an older soldier, he should know better. But Sims replied that he would rather put that into him. He then brought up his bayonet and started to charge at Burnett. Burnett put his hands up and batted it away. Sims then flung his gun over his shoulder and both prisoners walked away down the street. They only went about 50 yards when they stopped, turned round and pointed their guns at anyone they could find, before walking off again. Burnett called at the constable's house, Mr Rose, and the pair followed the soldiers to the pub run by George Reed, finding them in an open space near 4th Street. Burnett told the drunken soldiers that he was the town sergeant, 
and he would like them to go to the pub and give up their weapons. Sims yelled that he would kill the first man who tried to take his gun. He then rested his gun on the wheel of a cart to steady it. Burnett was only ten feet away, and it was pointed at him. Mr. Rowe implored Burnett to come away, but he refused, so Mr. Rowe went to get help. He wasn't away two seconds when he heard the shot. Seeing as our story today is set in Cornwall, I thought I'd give you some Cornish words. Now, the first one made me laugh, because it's Chuggy Pig. And I couldn't figure out what it was, but it's apparently the Cornish for Woodlouse. If you find yourself lucky enough to be in Cornwall, and someone says that they'll do something directly, well, it doesn't actually mean directly. The difference between directly and directly is that directly can take ages. There's no specific time limit. What could be done today will probably be done tomorrow. Another word is ansom. Everything and everyone can be ansom. Or proper ansom if you're lucky. From an ansom meal to an ansom car, horse or pint, ansom is a word that every Cornishman uses to describe something they like on a daily basis. The Backtracker History Show. Stories from the past, brought back to life. When we left our story, Mr. Rowe was just turning around to go up and get some more help, and he heard the shot. He turned around in time to see Burnett turning towards the door with a gaping hole in his chest. The guns were removed from the prisoners and Burnett was taken to a Mr. Reed's house, where he lay bleeding. There were several people in the street, but Mr. Rowe only saw one other chase the soldiers with him. William Burgess, a surgeon was also called and gave evidence for the prosecution. He stated that he was called to see Burnett at about 2pm at George Reed's house. Burnett was bleeding heavily from a gunshot wound. The bullet had entered the lower part of his breastbone, passed through the right lung and came out the right side about five inches from the spine. Burnett was taken to his house but died shortly afterwards. He was only 42 years old. When called to the dock, the prisoners said that they stood in their own defence and, as it was, wanted to take their arms with them. They called no witnesses. The jury contemplated about the decision and eventually returned a verdict of guilty of willful murder against Sims, but not against Rogers. Rogers burst into tears, but Sims appeared unconcerned. The judge addressed Sims directly, saying... John Sims, you have been convicted by evidence the most clear and precise of a very heinous crime, the crime of taking away the life of your fellow subjects, whose blood calls loudly for retaliation, and who, in the capacity of a peace officer, was using his utmost endeavours to prevent you from intoxication and temporary insanity at the time was capable of doing. And while I proceed to my duty in passing the awful sentence of the law upon you. I cannot help regretting your unprepared state for it. The victim of your violence, Burnett, 
was, as the evidence stated, a man who was doing no more than his duty as a preserver of the public peace. And however reluctantly you as a soldier might permit your arms to be taken from you, yet the circumstance of your intoxication is no extenuation of your guilt. It is therefore my painful duty to pronounce the sentence of the law upon you, which you have drawn down upon your own head. A sentence which, though it be awful and severe, yet I fear you are very unprepared to meet. I therefore most earnestly hope that the short period of time which you have now remaining, you will employ in making your peace with that God whom you have so grievously offended. The sentence of the law, therefore, is that you be taken to the place from whence you came, and from thence, on Friday next, you be brought to the place of execution, where you be hanged by the neck till you be dead, and that your body be given to be dissected and anatomized, and may God have mercy upon your soul. The atmosphere in the court was tangible, as the judge solemnly declared the death sentence on Sims, and he was to be executed on Friday the 31st of March, 1815. The report of the execution reads, This unhappy man received the sentence with firmness, and at the moment of execution, earnestly implored for mercy and forgiveness through the merits of Jesus Christ, the only saviour of lost sinners. He told the minister that he forgave the witnesses who appeared against him and all mankind. He said that bad company and drunkenness had brought him to this intimate end and hoped it would be a warning to others. His unhappy mother saw him three times after his condemnation. going to have a few facts. Did you know Cornwall has the longest coastline of all England's counties? 433 miles in fact and that has 300 beaches on it. Cornwall only has one city and that's Truro. The cathedral in Truro is also England's newest completed in 1910. The Cornish pasty contributes 150 million to the local economy and that's just the normal size ones in Bodmin there was one that broke the record at 1900 pounds in weight and 15 foot long here's a nautical fact it was from the mount at Liscard that the Spanish Armada was first spotted in 1588 and the beacon lit here was the first of a chain started along the south coast warn of the threatened invasion. Right guys, I'm going to give you this top tip for free. 
Whatever you do, always give 100%, unless you're donating blood. When his mother came to visit, he asked if she could warn his brothers and sisters to refrain from drunkenness, to save their precious souls. John Sims, age 30, was launched into eternity soon after 12 o'clock. A memorial plaque still hangs at St Bartholomew's Church in Loswithiel, which is thought to be the oldest memorial to a peace officer. It reads, Joseph Burnett, who was unfortunately shot by a private of the 28th Regiment when in the execution of his duty as a peace officer of this borough on the 21st of August, 1814, aged 42 years. Also, Mary and Jane, his daughters, who were interred near this stone, and Helena, his daughter, who died in Jersey. A brass plate below the above inscription records, Joseph Burnett's gravestone is the oldest known memorial to a peace officer killed in the execution of his duty. A generous gift from the Police History Society enabled it to be moved to this place on June 8, 2008. And what happened to Grace, Joseph Burnett's wife? Well, the details I have on her is from a Loswithiel Parish Church Settlement document dated the 14th of October, 1847 stated that Grace Hodge was born in the parish of Redruth, a daughter of William and Margaret Hodge. Allows with your marriage record states that Joseph Burnett married Grace Hodge on April the 21st, 1794, 20 years prior to his death. It states that four years after the death of Joseph, she married John Cock at the parish church of Loswithio, after living with him for about one and a half years. Grace found out that he was already married and left him. And there's nothing else we can find out about him. After that, she went to Guernsey, where she lived for three years in the family of Sir John Cockburn as a nurse for seven years with various privileges of that station. She was then married for about 18 or 19 years at the English church in the lower town of Guernsey to Joseph Woolcock and Blantanglos by Foy. He was a seaman. And that concludes our podcast special. Now, if you want to know more about Joseph Burnett and you happen to be anywhere near Loswithio, it has an excellent museum where you'll see his cloak displayed in the cabinet on the left-hand side towards the back of the first room. There's also the Joseph Burnett story available to purchase from the museum. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today.
You have been listening to me, Alice, on the Backtracker History Show. This particular one is a podcast exclusive. Now, if you enjoyed it, please leave a rating or a review. If you didn't, well, should we just leave it at that then? Anyway, it's very easy to get in touch with me if you want to. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook by using at Backtracker UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. Or you can email me direct at info at backtracker.co.uk. Now, until next time, guys, take care and look after each other. <laughs>